And welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have somebody who I feel like I've known my entire life, from comic view to everything that we love, none other than Cedric the Entertainer. How you feeling today, man? What's up, my brother? Good, man. All is well, man. Yeah. Good. You've been playing it. You've been playing any golf lately? Every time I see you online, look like you're at a golf tournament or something. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of tournaments mainly. I actually held mine a couple weeks ago in Cabo. Everybody came down. It was fun. And then I played in Derek Fishes and DJ Khaled's. I've been all around Anthony Anderson's. So I've been, and then I played a couple of times on my own, just trying to get the game a little bit better, man. But it's golf. Yeah, I'm Tiger in the woods. So I, I get you. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where he find you. <laughs> I, I try to raise money, but I'm at your just to put for me losing so many golf balls. <laughs> well, look, we usually have our, we start our show by having our guests walk us through the arc of their careers, but we we know about your career and we know you and you're a friend of the show. But before we get into our book and we'll talk about your new book project and your barbecue project, yeah, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your perspective on the writer and actor strike right now and break it down for folks. If you can, um, is there an end in sight? You know, it's really tough because there's a lot of things really about the transparency of our business that that's really the issue right now. And it's been, you know, mainly kind of stream came from the streaming side. Um, you know, once companies like Netflix and Amazon, who were considered technology companies and not broadcast companies, uh, started to grow, they were able to kind of create a, a model that they didn't have to reveal certain numbers. And, you know, because of and because of that. Um, you know, the, the model in which they pay people changed. And so the, the more institutional organizations love that model. They don't have to pay, re, they don't have to pay residuals. And so basically is one of the reasons why everybody got streamers. So, you know, there's Disney for Dis, Disney plus for Disney. There's Paramount plus for CBS. There's, you know, all, all of these companies, you know, Peacock, everybody got a company to, to be able to do this model where I can pay you one time and then you're, you're done, you know. And so uh, it's just one of these one of these businesses where we got to figure out that number. I think everybody knows. To, I, I said that entertainment is our greatest commodity, one of our biggest exports as a country. We sell more movies and television to other countries than anybody else in the world. And we can't afford to like just act like this is not a business that we can give up. So, um, you know, it, 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 we're going to have to have some kind of come to Jesus meeting coming up soon. <laughs> Man, I heard they wanted to they wanted to use y'all in CGI or AI yeah. one time and then never pay you again. Yeah, again, the AI thing is another thing where again they can take not a, not only not only your image but also your your kind of creative brain. You know, anybody that used Chat GPT, you know. You can you can write a whole script or joke as Cedric the Entertainer. Just put it in, and it'll have nuances of the way I say things and the way I kind of flow. And if it practices it enough, then by the time you get to the sixth, sixth or seventh time, you wouldn't need me at all to write a script. You could just kind of get a version and then tighten it up. So that's so now think about not having to have a writer's room. I don't have to pay insurance. I don't have to do these things. I can allow the computer to do these things, and so. It's appealing on one side of the business, but it's not as for the human beings that really kind of like yep. give up their IP to give up their their ideas to you. And then you just basically take this single idea and run off with it. That's kind of like that's what makes it unfair, man. Yeah, I hear you. Let's talk about this new book, which is the reason you're here called Flipping Box Cars. Talk about your inspiration for the book. There yeah, he is. Man. Yeah, you know, this inspiration came from uh 
my grandfather, man, I, you know, my grandfather passed before I was born. Uh, my mother's father, uh, she would tell me stories about him. And, you know, like in our families, man, these these characters become mythical. They become, you know, you hear the story and you like start to imagine what it was like. And I, 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 I would often just fantasize or have these machinations about who he was and what he said and how he walked. And I basically created a whole fictional world around that and decided to write a, a story about it. And so it's, you know, it's amazing because it takes a little bit of his real life and stories that I knew. And then I just created this really, you know, kind of really detailed world all around it. And it was a, a wonderful, great experience, uh, you know, to, to kind of bring somebody that I'm related to, that I have a relationship with in this weird way to life. And now he's real. Why this kind of book, though? I mean, you you mentioned it. It's a novel and it's fiction. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you could have written, written a lot of different books. The origin of comedy, you know, yeah. like what it means to be black in Hollywood, the true story of Cedric the Entertainer. Why this type of book? You know, it was interesting, man, that, you know, uh, you know, my kids, I was just thinking about like our kind of connection to our our history. And it's interesting that, you know, I grew up and I was saying I probably knew 20, 30 of my cousins like close. Right. And but my kids, they probably know six to four. Oh, yeah. They kind of, And I was like, man, we've gotten generationally so far from who we are and that somehow my grandfather is me. Like, but, you know, he I never got to meet him, but the things that he wanted to be, the guy, the the dreams he had, the guy, the, the fact that he wanted to be outside the box and an entrepreneur. And he was always, you know, working for the community and trying to figure out how to make things better for his family and in, in the world around him. And I was like, yo, two generations later, I actually got to live that. He was a man in the 40s, black man in the southern city in the 40s you know, having to deal with all of the, the the social constructs on top of him. And yet here it was two generations later and his grandson is literally doing all these things. Like I'm free to do whatever it is that I can create. And so that is a, is a blessing and one that I thought was an interesting connection. And I wanted to be able to tell that story and then motivate more people to go back and really like understand where they are from and how they build and how you can actually go forward and dream a bigger dream, you know? Mm. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. So, so who's your intended audience for this book and what do you want readers to really get out of it? 
You know, I think, you know, my intended audience is people who love like a good prime caper. Uh, it's a love story. I just really like, I, I love those kind of fictional tales. I'm a big fan of the Walter Mosley books and uh, oh, yeah. James McBride. So any of those kind of books that tell the story of our, of our culture and who we are, and you can see the characters really real. You can visualize them. You can, you understand that the, the stories he's telling about people that you can just kind of subconsciously see and know exactly who who they are, and that's what I wanted that story to be really that kind of. And it's a uh, it's definitely even though it's about my grandfather, it's more of an homage to my grandmother who was again that glue that kept our whole family together and allowed me to tell this story because you know he you know Papa was like he was a, he was a dude living it you know yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I find amazing about this book, and I was flipping through, I got an early copy, was reading it, and it's creative as hell. Like, I don't know if you were high or what, but what was your creative process like for this book? I mean, how did you write this book, and what did you learn by yourself about yourself in writing this type of fictional book? You know, the, the main thing is that I, I kind of started out creating what, what I do uh, mainly is producing television. So I've been... You know, I've been producing TV for the last, you know, you know, 15, 20 years. And so I wanted to create a TV show when I first started it. And so uh, the opportunity to get to do it as a, a novel, as a book, it made me think about it in a more long form. And I can really, like, take my time. So I thought about it pretty episodically. And so uh, some of what I had to learn is also, you know, like really kind of going into um, you know, my family in the world and digging into the time period and trying to get an understanding of like really what was happening there. Um, you know, and so uh that was great, man. It was it was great to kind of learn a little bit more about my grandfather, you know, like you know, who he was and why he was. And I think those are the things that I found out that I kind of do parallel that just that entrepreneurial spirit. The fact that, you know, he loved a good suit. He loved to dress up and be sly, you know, sharp. He always loved to have a nice watch on. You know, he, he had these cool little sayings, suit don't make the man, but it makes the difference. You know, like these <laughs> little things, you know. So uh, I, I love that. I love that kind of thing. And that's what I really, you know, embrace upon as I got into the book a little bit more in, in, in the writing aspect of it. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is somewhat of a personal question, because I know the group over there that you're working with, shout out to Tara and, and shout yep. out to Patrick Bass and everybody else over there that, that, that helps create and give Black authors a great, a great uh, platform. Yeah. But people know you as an actor and they know you as a comedian. So how have people received you as an author? You know, I've been pleasantly surprised because I, I do think people, when they do get a snippet of the book, they find like it it does have my kind of tonality, my storytelling. And so if you like movies like Barbershop or you see me in these, you know, playing these characters that you can like, oh, OK, I, I identify with that. You can tell I write the book from that POV. I don't do a lot of jokes. There's some funny things in here, you know, things that I was like, oh, you got to keep that. That's like a little funny line. But I didn't write it to be like Cedric the jokester. I wanted to tell this other story. And so, and I think that was also, you know, part of the motivation is to get people to understand that, you know, I think about like, you know, great people, Gordon Parks, like folks that go back to the Renaissance men, they they just did everything. They, they, they shoot pictures, they write books, they, they grow farm, they have farms, you know, people just are, you know, and, and none of us are really monolithic 
human beings. So a lot of times, you know, you can fight that being put into a box. And and that was one of the real reasons why I love the opportunity to be able to do this as a novel when it came across, because I didn't I did want to do something that felt like it was a stretch. It was something odd. It was something different. And my audience could grow with me and I can grow with them. And so it's not this easy, digestible thing. It's like, oh, oh, Sid, you know, he put some Bernays on that. Okay. Oh, okay. He's soupy. He's soupy. That. Okay. That's different. That wasn't regular fried and batter. They go, they go be like, this nigga can write. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's that's going to be the overarching theme from this. No. But, I mean, like, so is this just the first iteration? Do you have more on the way? And the most important question that I got to go ahead and get out somewhere in the middle of this interview is when will the book be available and how can people purchase it? Oh, man. So, yeah, the book is on sale September 12th. That's tomorrow. Everywhere books are sold. Uh, you can grab it. Of course, the audio book's out. I did the audio. So I'm the- You read, you read the book? Here. I read the I read the book. That was another great experience. Uh, you know, you know, of course, like you write something and then you sit back and you and you get to read your own work. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty decent. Oh, this is good. I was like, I had to give myself some some credit. I, man. I was like, this I, book's thought, all right. I thought it I thought I thought reading your own book was the most one of the most difficult things I'd ever done because yeah. you write words that you never yeah. truly enunciate. And I felt like I couldn't read in it sometimes. That, now that happened for sure. I was saying, I was saying that. I said if somebody saw me like saying some of these words, they'd be like, "No, you ain't write that." I was like, "No, you writing it, it just come out." But, you know, yeah, because I never really had to say uh, unequivocally, categorically, you know, like all together. Is there going to be a flipping box cars part two? You know, we we love the idea of this. I wrote the book. If you know when people get it, it has a couple of cliffhangers in there. Yeah, it it's not a bow. It's not yeah, a bow. It's yeah, a, it's I got some questions. So yeah. I definitely want people to be intrigued by the character and his world and his life. And you know, of course, you know, in in, in great success, we'll have the opportunity to come back and, and, and finish telling the tale. That great success, people, means you got about a book. It's very yeah, important. Yeah, folks, go out tomorrow and get that book. Whatever <laughs> books are sold, man. HarperCollins.com, <laughs> Amistad.com, Amazon.com, bookstores. Go out, get the audio book, get it, you know, and support your boy. It's, it's, it's a great, great, fun read. You'll love it. Man, Amistad got some of the best authors on earth. They got me, Cedric, yeah. Zora Nell Hurston, and then in the second tier, Steve Harvey. But that's yeah. okay. Let me I can't not talk about this while I got you. Uh your new venture with Anthony Anderson. Shout out to Anthony Anderson, AC Barbecue, and your new show, Kings of Barbecue. I didn't know this was a passion of yours or Anthony. So talk about how you two connected on this and what all you what are all of you doing together? Yeah, man. So we, you know, we really wanted to start a business together. Anthony and I have been friends well over close to 30 years. Uh, we go on these golf trips together where we rent a house. It's me, Anthony. It's a clique of us. Don Cheadle, George Lopez, D.L. Hewley, Chris Spencer. Uh, we all kind of hang out. And in these groups, man, we often do the cooking. Uh, you know, Anthony and I, we, you know, we rent a, rent a house and we hook, cook and hang out. And so that from that idea, we, you know, everybody was doing tequila companies or liquor companies, brands. And we were like, what can we do that that feels like authentic to who we were? And the idea of barbecuing and grilling, and it just was a universal idea. One, it's so celebratory. It's so about our community. Uh, it's something so rooted deep in our community, this idea of family getting together, having a cue. 
So that's when we started developing this idea. So AC Barbecue came from that. We we got together. We did all the right things. The show basically kind of walks you through how we decided to create the brand, how we put the, the flavor profiles together. And then, you know, we, we launched our deal at Walmart. Uh, and it was all, you know, uh, very special. So we're in Walmarts right now. We got to build deals going at Lowe's and Home Depot. Uh, we're developing the tools. So we got like spatulas and tongs coming out and cutting boards. And then uh, I actually also in a conversation about doing a couple of pop uh, restaurants around. So we're trying to really grow this brand to a national brand that is a celebra celebration of the world of barbecue. We we feature more uh, uh, grill masters and pit kings than we grill on the show. We cook, but we cook more like for us and for fun. But we love people that really do this and we start to put the spotlight on them. And that's what our that's what our brand is about more than anything. Just a national shine on those who like to get out and grill, man. One of the things I appreciate about this collaboration is I feel like the story of barbecue is being told often, often has white faces. Yeah. When I think when it, for many of us from the South and parts of the Midwest, like St. Louis and Kansas City, the face of barbecue is a black man. Right. Yeah, exactly. How much of this pro how much of this project is about reclaiming the narrative of blacks in the kitchen and blacks in barbecue? Man, it was one of the one of the big, big things that we wanted to do. Matter of fact, we went to Memphis. We got a barbecue historian, uh, Howard Conyer, who came out and really kind of gave us a story. He, you know, and we talk about that. We talk about how that was one of the things that from slavery, the opportunity of being able to take the, the 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 scraps and then, you know, throw it on the grill and make a meal. And then for somebody to show up with, if I got the meat, you come over with the potato salad, you bring the, the slaw, and now we got a whole potluck meal here, right? And that is that that's culturally our the way we celebrate and then basically how queuing uh just kind of started to spread. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we we definitely feel like that is authentically, you know, belongs to the culture. And that, you know, we we feel like it needs to be a national brand that says that. And that's what we're working hard to really prove that that we we are in that space of barbecue. And that's what it's all about. And we should we should have the national brand that says this is what barbecue is about. Well, look, I think if anybody can carry you and Anthony Anderson can carry that. I don't know about it. Anthony don't look like he eat barbecue no more. That man done lost yeah, all the way. Yeah, 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 he got all super slim. <laughs> he just had a sauce. <laughs> just yeah. sauce on some salad. What, yeah. what type of barbecue is that? <laughs> He'll be out there going hard. He'll be grisly. That boy, that boy go hard on that barbecue. <laughs> so look, how can people watch the show you're doing on AE and how can they support the new brand? Yeah, man. So you know, you know, we're in the middle of the strike, so I'm not supposed to really shout out them at all. But you know, it's on A and E Saturdays, man. Go check it out, or you can see it on Hulu. And then, uh, and then, but go to AC Barbecue. Go to our go to our IG AC Barbecue on there. You can actually order merch. You can order the product. So at acbarbecue.com, you can get the you can get the the rubs going to your homes. Right now, we got the rubs and we got uh, the sauces will be coming soon. But the rubs, we got a three-pack rub that that you can go get and, and put them on everything. Shoot a video. Let us know how you love it. And we're going to post it, man. That's what it's all about, that that whole social spreading of what people are doing. And, you know, folks are making fun, fun recipes. And we having a good time posting them up, man. I love that. I love that. I guess the last question I'll ask you today is, 
Are there any new projects that you can tell me about? One time I got in trouble asking somebody about a project. They told me about it. We had to cut it out the show. And how can people follow you and everything else you're doing on social media? Yeah, man. So definitely, I definitely want people to go out, grab the new book, man. Flipping Boxcars. This is amazing. Make sure you grab that for sure. And then you, you know, follow me on IG at said the entertainer, blue check. You'll see that. And then uh, my website, I am Cedric, got everything on there across the board. You can just kind of figure it out. I'm on, you know, I'm on X and, and TikTok and all those things. But uh, that's it, man. And then, of course, <laughs> like I said, go to AC Barbecue and get some of and support uh, that project, that project as well, man. Well, I'm going to lift up this book, man. I'm going to lift you up in prayer. I want this to be a success. I need this to be a New York Times bestseller so we can do it again. But yeah. Cedric the Entertainer, thank you for joining the Bakari Sellers podcast, my brother. Bakari, Rick, thank you, brother, always, man. So legit. Okay.